0: Are live everyone how is everyone doing nick falato joined by rivka board after the debacle that we just witnessed with the 2023 new york giants kicking off their season week one unfortunately a loss 40 to nothing a 40 burger was dropped on the new york giants at home to the point where the dallas cowboys were laughing on the sidelines like this has to burn in the souls and then just burn a fire through the New York Giants right now how devastating of a game that was Rivka, what are your initial thoughts on this?
1: So I think you know the best the way it was it's best summed up is something that I learned um, in high school when I was in high school a teacher of mine read us a book that was called everything that you need to know You Learn in Kindergarten and I don't even remember what the context was or I do a little bit I don't remember the exact phrase but one of the phrases that, that stuck with me was the word flush. The point was that when something bad happens or whatever, you just flush it out of your memory. And that's one of the most important skills that any football player can have from play to play, but also from week to week. So as much as we can have all these reactions, and I'm sure you'll go over the film, I'll go over the numbers, and we'll, you know, ad nauseum, we'll go over how could this have gone so wrong. Ultimately, it's just one of those games that I think the Giants have to just put out of their memories and say, you know what, Onto Arizona, kind of like what Belichick said about Cincinnati, like just we're on to the next week.
0: There's another thing that is flushed typically by every human being, and that's also synonymous with what we just saw on the television. I'm sure people can put it together as we have people coming into the live stream at the moment. Again, New York Giants lost this game 40 to nothing against the Dallas Cowboys. And it did seem like and i know it was an 11 play like 45 yard drive or something where the giants actually had a little bit of life where there was some play calling that was working daniel jones wasn't getting absolutely annihilated in the backfield but there was a cascading effect that seemed to plague the new york giants and persist throughout the game When Andrew Thomas went off sides. And at that one moment, and I'm not sitting here trashing Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is one of the only great things the New York Giants had on offense, and he didn't have a great game. I think he's dealing with an injury. At least it appeared that way. I don't have any inside information, obviously. But he has that false start, and then you get that bad snap from JMS, which sets up the field goal blocks. Go figure, Rivka. Special teams just absolutely screwing up. It's something that's also been way too common in recent New York Giants history. But do you think that had some sort of cascading effect and then it just kept piling on top of the Giants to the point where they just suffocated under mediocrity?
1: I mean, look, it's very hard to say in a 40 nothing game that any one moment, you know, turned the game. But at the same time, if the Giants just even get that field goal and it's three to nothing and they kick off, I don't know. You know, early in the game, yeah, their defense was struggling, but they had their moments where they held Dallas to field goals and, you know, they doused them score on every single drive. You know, the whole tenor of the game could have been different. And I'm not saying the Giants would have won this game, but would they have not been embarrassed? It's possible. Like I'm not one of those people who believes, you know, you can go back to any one moment and say, oh, if that hadn't happened, this everything else would have happened the same or different. But it did seem like, I mean, you know, again, they got off to a, you know, a nice start, momentum-wise. They have third and two. It's in, you know, at the Dallas eight, um, and you know, you just have you have the chance, like you know, third and two. You have a lot. You have a lot of options. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know, he jumps off and even, even third and seven, like you have a chance at least to get, you know, a pretty chip shot field goal. And then you have, it's actually ironic because when I went on my um, uh, live stream with Ed before the Giants-Jets uh, preseason game, he asked me how Joe Tipman is doing with the Jets because Joe Tipman was his favorite center. And I told him Joe Tipman's not starting because he can't snap the ball oh. and in shotgun, which he can't. Um, and it's very interesting because you see in the first game and JMS had not had those issues. And, you, you know, again, you can chalk it up to just uh, slippery turf or the, it's one of the, you know, slippery ball. One of the things that happens, but ultimately bad snap, um, aborted play and still 45 year field goal. You think, okay, Graham Ganoa, Mr. Automatic. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, like what on earth just happened.
0: It's exactly what it was. It was what <laughs> on earth just happened. And when the Giants got the ball back, it was just a three and out. I think that was when daniel jones was first sacked it was like a 10-yard loss where micah parsons just broke through and i mean if we want to highlight one area of the giants that i'm mostly concerned about it's the area of the giants that i've been mostly concerned about over the last decade and that's their offensive line the offensive line couldn't block at all for daniel jones and look the offensive line was horrendous daniel jones also didn't look great but the kid was running for his life the entire game and i have some serious issues with what we saw on the right side. Mark Lewinsky and Evan Neal, they couldn't pick up twists. They couldn't pick up stunts. Evan Neal was getting beat, not just by Micah Parsons. Like if you're getting beat by 11, it's understandable to a certain degree. You're a professional athlete as well. And you were also a top 10 pick in last year's draft. We expect a little bit more from you at this point, but he's getting beat by like Dorrance Armstrong. He's getting beat by like Dante Fowler. Like that is not good, Rifka board. Like if, if Evan Neal is the Evan Neal from last year, we're going into next offseason saying we need to do something about our right
1: tackle situation. If he mean, stays forget held. about next year. If they go in, if they have any shot this year, and he keeps playing like this, which I can't imagine that they can have a shot with this schedule with the way he's been, I'm saying he's been playing. I mean, you look at the pass rushers that the Giants are facing, and you, you can bet every one of them will be lined up on Evan Neal. Um, and you, know, you just look at everything. If they have any shot in the NFC, they're going to have to be thinking about what can we do with the deadline even just to get someone who can – at least, I mean, hold up for two seconds. Like, we're not talking about how Jones was taking forever in the pocket, although it could be that there were some plays, you know, you have to see the film to see what was going on downfield. But for the most part, he's getting hit. He hits his back foot, hits the, you know, after he hits the ground and, and he has guys in his face. I mean, that's not tenable for anyone. I wrote, you know, I wrote, I had an article post today about how, you know, Jones has receivers now, so maybe he can mitigate the effect of his offensive line. I'm sorry, Tom Brady couldn't mitigate the effect of that offensive line.
0: No, he couldn't. It was, it was rough. It was rough all around. It was Murphy's law. This entire Mm -hmm. game was Murphy's law to it. Anything that can go wrong. Will go wrong. And it just seemed that way. Even in the second half, when the Giants were hitting big plays like the pass to Isaiah Hodgins and then one to Paris Campbell, they end up, get, or I think it was Matt Breida, they end up fumbling the football. And it's just like, dude, even on these plays, everything went wrong for the New York Giants. We're entering this season with high expectations. A lot of us believe the Giants are talented enough with all the upgrades that Joe Shane added. Talented enough to make the playoffs. With this schedule, with what we just saw, it's, I mean, there's a long season ahead of us. I get it. But holy crap, 40 to nothing against your arch rival. I've talked about it a lot, Rivka. The Giants need to win divisional games. You need to. You just had a home one. You didn't just lose. You got embarrassed this might be one of the most embarrassing losses by the new york giants in the history that i've ever covered the team just because of the expectations and we've had embarrassing losses but those teams sucked this team from a talent perspective they don't suck from a coaching perspective we have the coach of the year from last season they don't suck but they were absolutely out dueled out coached out schemed out physical out everything they just got outed by the Dallas Cowboys.
1: So just to add a little bit of word of, you know, possible hope, even though it's from a Jets history in 2010, the Jets were, I think they were both, they and the Patriots were both nine and two. They come in, they're facing the Patriots. I'm pretty sure it was at, it was at home um, at giant stadium. And they got wiped out 45 to three. And then in the playoffs, they came, went into Foxborough and beat the Patriots 28 to 21. And it wasn't even really that close. So sometimes you know, what happens in one game. And if, if we remember the two Dallas games from 2007, even, um, and, you know, we remember some of the, you know, some of the other things, what happened in the those first two games and how bad their defense looked, you know, the, the only thing you say is, yes, it is one game. As bad as it looked, maybe, you know, you can, you can, again, it sounds like excuse making, but they are playing the Cardinals next week. Right. If there's, if there's one, you know, get better game, it should be the team that's starting who under center.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Josh Dobbs. I would agree with that. Washington, they narrowly escaped.
1: They did. They did. Um, And yeah, it's true. Um, and, And I would, I was surprised by that. I really did think that even Washington would beat them. But I mean, again, I said that before this game, but somehow I could say it again. I trust Brian Dable not to be embarrassed two weeks in a row.
0: I trust that too. But we'll tackle that next week. Right now we are in a we just want to vent. And a, 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 a tailspin, absolutely. Yeah. That's a spin. A lot of us went into this game. Like I, I picked the New York Giants to win. I so thought they I. added enough. I thought it was going to be more of a slugfest. And then the first sign of adversity it just led to so much more adversity, and it's cascaded down on the New York Giants to the point where they had that last touchdown run, and it was just like, uh, I think it was by a uh, turpin or whatever. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to say they gave up because I don't believe they did, but it didn't mm-hmm. look like it, it wasn't a good look for the mm-hmm. defense especially with all of the additions the giants had added you still had tony pollard doing relatively well on the ground against the giants so just all in all this is a fiasco i mean you can name any adjective you want it was disturbing it was it was a uh, depressing really but it was not great but rivka do you have anything else before we we bounce out of here because this was just a um, a humbling experience
1: so my my I guess one of the concerns that I have that's not even related to the offensive line with Jones is that they didn't really have much space in the running game either. Um, that was one thing that I really thought they would they would have a little bit more of. And Dallas is somewhat susceptible to being run on up the middle. So I was hoping that you know maybe and early on it looked like maybe they had some space, but as the game went on, yes, obviously they were down by a lot. But even their next couple of drives, you know, they they just couldn't get anything consistent going. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's one thing that I would have hope that would improve, especially with, you know, uh, to me, you know, JMS, John Michael Schmitz, this is his specialty. Like this is his area, you know, so I would, I would hope that he would get better in that area as time goes on. You know, I'm still very concerned about the pass blocking, but that's, that's one thing that I would hope you can, I would have a little bit more legitimate hope that it will actually improve.
0: Yes. Hopefully Sean Carpenter asks, what the heck happened tonight, Sean. We have no idea. We have no answers. It was a terrible output from the New York Giants that we love. And it is uh, something that we're going to try to forget, as Rivka said. But I don't I don't know how well we're going to forget that. This is one that's going to sting quite a while. We're, I'm sure the Giants are going to be circling Dallas Cowboys, their second matchup against them. But right now, it doesn't even look like they deserve to be on the same football field. And I think the Giants are... Yeah. But uh, on the state one, parking on that first try. He was ripping off like five, six, seven-yard runs. And I remember Chris Collinsworth was bringing up how the Giants won the football against Dallas, and you know, they added Mozzie Smith. It seemed like the Giants had a varied offensive approach. They were moving Jones a little bit. Dallas was just so disciplined on the field level. The Giants led the league. James Jones led the league in play-action. They weren't going to fall for it. They didn't really fall for it in the second matchup on Thanksgiving, either last year. This time, every time Jones went to go roll out, Marcus Lawrence, Mikey Parsons, Lawrence Lawrence was right in his face, and that was a big part, I think, of the Giants' game plan. After that, they couldn't adjust, and they couldn't found themselves in a sixteen nothing, nineteen nothing hole. Next thing you know, it's forty nothing. There's back to what Sean had. What the heck happened.
1: I mean that that's that's the question, and really the, the bigger question is like, how can you even adjust to that? They have other again. They're playing. They're playing the Eagles. They're playing the Jets. They're playing a few other teams that have. They play the 49ers, like teams with really good defensive lines, like how and pass rushes. Like, how are you going to adjust to that if you couldn't? If your answer is play action bootleg and the team knows it's coming, I mean, you need some other answer to that. And, you know, and, and again, like I could say that Jones needs to be able to read the field quickly, but you can't read the field in a second and a half, usually.
0: One way to answer it is make that backside defender pay by running the football to the opposite side. So mm-hmm. the side where that backside defender typically is sits to respect Daniel Jones, make him respect Daniel Jones. And now you have one less defender to worry about. That's mm-hmm. how you have to pay. So you have to run the rock. And I'm not necessarily a run the football type of guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, want, I want to throw the football. I think it's a better EPA type of move, mm-hmm. generally speaking, depending on your quarterback and your situations in the context. But that's one way to get that backside defender to keep biting. If you keep running off the opposite tackle, he's going to try to crash down the line of scrimmage. And now you can open it up like we saw so many times against the Chicago Bears in week four last year.
1: So the the biggest problem with that is if the opposite tackle is on uh, on Evan Neal's side, Uh, the guy might get there so quickly that he can crash around even if even like across the line, especially if there's someone over there to hold the edge. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. It's just, I mean, because I, I again, I didn't see it clearly enough. To, the Giants didn't have that many opportunities to be able to even think about like running the ball like that because they were down so quickly. Um, I mean, also, I think another big change in that game was when Saquon Barkley, um, you know, it, I, I think it's called an interception on Jones's record, but it looked to me like it was yeah. like it was a drop that just went right into the, the defender's hands. That was a big moment because you know, just getting a touchdown off that, like even if the Giants had to punt. Like a touchdown is just a very, you know, it it just, it's again, it was another momentum swinging play to me. Like, I I don't remember, was that when it was already, it was nine nothing at that point, and that made it 16.
0: Yes, it was 9 nothing. The Giants' defense stiffened up and forced a field goal, and then that interception happened on th- in three plays. I think it was like a third-and-eight team because Daniel Jones got sacked, I mm-hmm. figure. And then the Giants came back and gained three yards on their ensuing drive and mm-hmm. had to punt. The Giants just consistently were punting or turning the football over until they had that 15-play, 57-yard drive where Graham Gano missed the field goal. So mm-hmm. it was just ugh, nothing went right for this team from the start to the finish. But Rivka, uh,
1: yeah. anything else? One other thing I noticed, I was concerned about Adorey Jackson in the slot almost as much as I was about the two rookies on the outside. I didn't think he looked great there or so comfortable there even throughout um, throughout camp and, you know, things. And I understood why they did it, obviously, because yeah. they had guys who can play on the outside and they have a, a veteran who has more, you know, the ability to be, you know, the versatility. So they moved into the slot you know, he had trouble on CD Land last year and he had, he had some trouble again today. He got caught up in a, in a pick play, not to say that that wouldn't happen to other defenders, but he got, just ran right into it. Didn't kind of even have it the awareness to get around it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm wondering about what's going to happen with this experiment as the season goes on and whether they try to, you know, kind of mix and match with that a little bit, you know, put some of their safeties in the slot, um, you know, move up, move around some other players and let Jackson play on the outside. You know again that depends on how the players on the outside are playing and if jackson is still their best option but it was something that i noticed
0: yeah i think that's a good point too and that's the one play that really came out to me was the bunch set it was an mm-hmm. inward breaking cd lamb just looped around just a mm-hmm. simple rub play you know dory jackson got picked off by i think like peyton hendershot or jake fergus yeah. and one of the one of their young tight ends that they have on their team but very um very deflating loss to be honest, but Rivka, so anything model, else before before we bounce? I,
1: I think we're good or not good, and we'll just go try <laughs> to try to sleep this off.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll attempt to sleep yeah. this off and on to Arizona, the great exactly. state of Arizona. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in to. Uh, I'm not sure what the show is like, the Chris and Nick show right here. So uh, with Rivka filling in for Chris, thank you, everyone. Have a lovely day, and uh, try to forget about this forty to nothing loss because it was a uh, was bad.